<laughs> First of all, I think it is, because uh, anybody that knows me knows I like to move around. And the reason being, I'll tell you a little secret. Uh, but first of all, I want to thank you, Jennifer, for that beautiful song, and Char. For the scripture reminding us of how we got here by the grace. And that we have a purpose for being here. And that we are his masterpiece. And... Um, you know, for me, I want to thank you all for being here. You know, I have come to a place in my life in this almost 31 years of on this journey uh, from coming from prison, an actual prison, to a place of my life to say, I really didn't know who Christ was. And because I look behind me and see that the sign normally says survival, but then it says thriving, because I was such in a place of just trying to survive my own pain. Come on. Um, my story started like everyone else's in my mother's womb, and God had a purpose for me. And I had to be willing to show up for it. He had a work for me, and he had my name on it. And I made many detours before I got here. But they have been worth every bit of them because it gives me a hard posture to understand what it's like to struggle to know who Christ is. Not just because of what he done for us, but who he really is. And so my topic today is leaning into transformation. And I'm going to come out of a scripture that is in Romans 12, 1, 2, 3 verses. And it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living and holy and acceptable to God, which, your, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect, and in this word, perfect means mature, will of God. For I say, Though the grace given me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one of us a measure of faith. Father God, as I move into this space right now, I invite you in to use me however you want to. I know what you've shared, but I'm open to whatever you want to say to these beautiful women that are in this room. You know who they are. You know the hairs on their head. You know the days of their lives. You know the hours and the minutes and the seconds that you have prepared for them. 
Thank you for inviting me to this moment to assist you, to encourage them as they also encourage me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, I want to talk a little bit about what it means for me to have been leading into transformation. Um, one of the things that we, we all have a past, amen? Come on. Come on now. Some of us hide from it. Some of us try to erase it. Some of us try to act like it don't exist. But we have one. And I have one as well. And God has taken my past and brought it into my present moment. And then he took it and he used it. But let me tell you, I was talking to Jennifer, the, the artist, and I was she was telling me some things that I wanted to, to re reiterate something I shared with her, is that for the last, um, I got out of prison 30 years ago. Uh, laying on my prison bed, minding my own business. I like being in prison. Come on, now, I'm just being honest. See, because one of the things that about Lakrita Bowman is that Whatever Lakrita does, she's loyal to it. Come on now, she's faithful to it. And one thing about it is that she's honest to it. And one of the things I've always did, whatever I've done, I've given it all I've got. And so being in prison 30 years ago, was, I was okay with that life. But God was not, come on. And one day laying in my prison bed, I heard the still small voice say to me, you will never have definition of me until you come back to the source. And I am telling you all, I thought I was losing my mind. Come on. Because most of us who hear a voice inside of our head that says something to us that we're not familiar with, just my experience of you get my book, you understand. I've had some experience with mental illness. At least I, I was not mentally ill, but they thought I was. And so they put me in a mental ill hospital. And so again, you have all of those traumas and experiences, and you start believing that the possibility of what they say about you and your identity is true. And so in that moment, I believe I was losing my mind. And so I heard it again. And I got up and looked around my room. I had four roommates. There were other people in prison with me. I was not there alone. <laughs> and in that process, when I looked around and seen them, they were all sleeping. I know you would wonder, how can you peacefully sleep in prison? But it happens. Because we become conditioned to the mindset that that's where we belong. And so the next morning when I got up, put on my prison uniform because we didn't get to decide how to dress. They decided for us. And we all looked alike. And as I was walking around the yard, all of a sudden, I saw this figure. And I don't know if it was a figure of my imagination. Did I really see it? But it was profound. And I saw this little girl. And she was wrapped in barbed and I heard this voice again in that moment. 
Say to me inside me, speaking to me about me. And it said, you will never have definition and meaning till you come back to the source. And I remember thinking, oh my God, if I lose my mind up in here, I'm never gonna get out. So who do I go and tell that I am having these experiences? Nobody. I'm absolutely telling nobody. Amen. Because I knew in that moment that something was happening, but I just didn't know what. And in this moment, I saw it was like my eyes became open. Now, I've been in prison five other times. This was my fifth time there. But I saw the barbed wire for the first time. And I realized that I am locked into a situation that I don't know how to get out of. And I remember saying to myself, I wonder why that barbed wire is up there. And one day the guard said, well, it's really to keep you safe. But I realized, really? It was to keep me in. Because if I had to try to cross that fence, it would have tore me up. But God was bringing on a moment to transform my life. Amen. Amen. So I have a three to 15 year sentence. I'm giving you this background so you can understand where I'm going. And I had been in prison by that time about seven months. And out of nowhere, how many people know about law in here? Not many, let me tell you about it. How many people know lawyers up in here? Amen. How many people know about public defenders in here? How many know about public pretenders in here? <laughs> because see, in my culture where we came from, we had public defenders that was public pretenders because they weren't getting paid the money that a real lawyer would get paid. So they would just pretend to protect you, pretend to defend you, and just get your case through. And so in that moment, I got a letter out of nowhere from my public defender who I believe was a pretender. And he had a motion on the table to the judge to get me out of prison for a first time offender that I was not. Come on. I was not a first time offender I had, I can't even tell you the felonies I had. I won't even, that might scare you. You might think I'm not really transformed, so I won't even tell you. But I was not there for the first time. So I went out in the yard with all my friends, you know, because we have friends in prison. We all gather in friendship because we're all in the same category and we build a community and the sadness about that community is not everyone is for you. Because they like to see us stay where we are. And I remember going to a few women and sharing with them that I had an opportunity, possibly, to get out of prison. That he was going to file a motion 
to give me super shock probation. But I had one condition, and that was to write a letter to the judge. And they all said, don't be begging for your freedom. <laughs> they just set you up to let you down. Now, could I have been let down any more than I already was? Could I have been in any more place? I mean, come on, I was already in the gutter. But of course, the people there were saying, don't have hope. Don't set yourself up to be disappointed. Could I have been any more disappointed than I already was? But I remember after having that moment, a couple of months later, I was awakened again. And it was this feeling that I had. And I got up and I wrote a three-page letter to the judge. And this is what I said to him. Nobody ever asked me why I was the way I was. And nobody ever asked me how I ended up in the space that I'm in. But if you will let me tell you, I will share. And I shared it with him. And he was on a bench and trust me, he was one of the hardest judges I've ever known. We eventually became friends. And in that moment, I sent that letter out. And by the miracle of God, I was released from prison on August the 9th, 1992, from a three to 15 years And I have been on this journey ever since, trying and discovering who I am. Who was I made to be? Though I had a parents or a mother and father and a family, but who am I? Come on. And I have been discovering and uncovering and taking off the dirt of the lies that I told myself and the lies that other people told me. And that's why the scripture is so meaningful to me. Because see, it's not just about the sacrifice and I was telling uh, Jennifer the, uh, earlier that learning to lay yourself on the altar, come on. See, I have learned and I'm learning every day how to lay me on the altar. I can dislike you, I can say you need to change, I can be agitated about what you doing, come on. But it's about why is or am I agitated by you? I gotta look at me. So I'm learning to lay myself, and so this process over the last 30 years has gotten me to a place that even not good works gets me in. Come on now. I'm in this new season where God has done great things in my life, don't get me wrong. He took my mess and made a message. He has taken my brokenness, come on and brought me into his presence. But he has also asked me to give up some stuff. That's right. Even some things that I thought I knew about him. I have taken catechism classes, theology classes, come on. I have taken, I have exegesis the word. I have done it all. I have put it in content, context, or took it and 
applied it like a, a salve of the bomb of Gilead. I have done it all. But the one thing God has been showing me over the last three years about me, I'm going to talk about me. Now, if I, my me reflects you, then take it on. But if it don't, I'm going to tell you about me. These last three years of my life after ministry, because see, when you do a ministry, you can lose your identity even in that. Because there becomes places with me working with men and women of brokenness and, 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 and different dysfunctions. If you're not careful, you will take what they have. And I can just say, I have taken what they had. And the, their dysfunction has made me feel better about me. And then there's been times where their dysfunction has made me create. That's why I said, do not think highly of yourself. Come on, be sober-minded. But these last three years, God has been showing me that come here, boo-boo. I call you know, he called me stinky. I don't know what he called you. But you know, come on over here, stinky. Because your best is but filthy rags to me. Get your little stinky butt over here because let me show you something. You believe in me, and you even believe in some of the finished work that I've done at the cross. But I need you to have a relationship with that finished work. That you know that you know that you know that I finished it. And what I need you to do now is believe it. And then walk in it. Not that you're going to be perfect. But I'm going to mature your mind that when life comes at you and it will, that you know how to matrix and move when it needs to be moved. You know how to duck when you need to duck and quit letting everything take you out. Because either you believe the, in the faith and the grace and the finished work or you don't. But you can't go back and forth and justify it to act a fool. And so what I've been doing in these last three years is asking God to posture me and creating me a pulpit for him. Not about what my identity is and what I've done, but who I am in him. I want to look like him, come on. I want to think like him. I want to. I want to move like him. See, humans. Mm, we difficult. We complex. He gave us a free will. Gave us choices. Come on. There are days I say, could you have just made me a robot? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. What do you want me to do? But he didn't do that. He gave us a choice. To lean into being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Because see, we are the first computer. We are the first artificial intelligence. Come on. Come on now. We we so worried and concerned about what's coming in this world, about the AI. But guess what? We are it. Our minds 
was already created to be able to delete. Come on. Stop. It was already created to take on new information, to download stuff. It comes with your relationship to Christ. And he's teaching me that every day that I give you revelations, I give you insights, I give you wisdom. I'll tell you when, how, who. Come on now. And if you listen, if you just lean in to that still small voice that is really your program computer person called God, I will transform your life. I will create your opportunities bigger than you ever thought possible. I am telling us in this season, I know the world is crazy. And we hear on the news and everything else, everything. But I came today to encourage us this moment. Be of good cheer. The Lord has overcome the world. He has taken the ability of the world to harm us out of it. Be of good cheer. Be ye transformed. Don't look to the left and don't look to the right. Look to him. We are already winners. We don't have to worry about it. The victory has already been won. And as I close, I want to encourage us one more thing. And that is that when you lean in to your personal transformation, whether it's your health, come on, whether it is your family, whether it is your children, whether it is your church and things are going transitional right now, because I got some friends up here that I know their church is going through some transition. Whether it is, come on, your grandchildren, whether it is your community, whether it is your husband, know this, that he who is for you is for you. And he has already finished the work. And now he's asking you to walk in it and believe it. Amen? Do we believe today? Amen. So lean in to your transformation. Thank you and God bless you.